Ovechkin storming in. Alexander Ovechkin curl and drag to the back end. He scores! Simply sensational! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pizzas Here podcast, your home for all Washington Capitals news and content. Today we're joined by a not very special guest. Uh, He actually happens to be the first ever PHP guest. He's making his return today, part two. We would like to welcome Cavs boy Bebop, a.k.a. Noah, today with us. How's it going, Noah? Uh, It's going pretty good. How are you guys? Good. Thanks for being here. Swell. (laughs) Thanks for having me back. (laughs) Yeah, it's a a bit surprising that we're having you back considering... uh, the content we were pushing out in the first episode, <laughs> but but things things will be a little bit less crude and uh, obscene it's this time around. Episode. I don't want to hear it. It's no, it's definitely <laughs> hey, up there. It didn't there. have me. There's no chance. It's de- <laughs> the first go around was definitely a memorable episode, but here we are today. Things are a little different, but uh, we're happy to have you here today. So let's just get into it. Um, so before you became the hockey Twitter icon, I guess you could say that you are today. You worked for the Tampa Bay Lightning, who you know we all love so much as Caps fans. But uh, what was your yeah, experience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was your uh, what was your experience like working for the the Lightning? Um, it was a it was a good time. Uh, that was the first job that I had when I moved to Tampa. Um, I worked for the Lightning. I did a couple different things for them over the course of like three and a half years. Uh, but overall, it was a really good experience. I was in the building uh, when the Capitals won the Eastern Conference. And uh, I got to go up and see that happen on the ice. So I got to see the trophy presentation, which was cool. It was cool of my boss at the time to let me do that. Otherwise, I would have quit on the spot and just gone up there anyways. But I, I don't know. It was I have a lot of good memories and a lot of good stories from my time there. And uh, I'd be happy to share them. Well. We love a good segue. <laughs> what are a couple of your favorite or memorable stories from your time working in that job? <laughs> uh, so one that I had mentioned to you, um, I think I mentioned it to EA uh, prior to this, was everybody is aware of the lightning black third jersey, right? That they, mm-hmm. they wear on Saturdays? Yeah. Okay, so um, when that jersey was coming out, I worked in retail for the lightning, and... I was one of the first like handful of people to know that that was the Jersey. And I was working a game one night, kid walks in. I think it was during like the first or second intermission. He walks into the store and no, this Jersey is not out yet. It did not come out. It was not even announced by the lightning at this point. Kid walks in, in the Jersey. It's the first thing I spot. And I, I kind of like, I pointed him like, you need to come here right now. So he comes over and he's like, what? I asked him, I was like, where did you get the jersey from? And he starts like, he looks kind of like nervous. He's like, am I in trouble? I'm like, no, you're not in trouble, but I really need to know where you got that jersey from. Intimidating so boy us, Bebop. I literally like, I felt like I was interrogating this kid, but I needed to know because <clears throat> the jersey wasn't out yet. And he had it, he was wearing it. So I think we ended up taking him in the back. 
and it sounds like really menacing. Did you kill him? Yeah. <laughs> Where's this we kid did... at now? Is he alive? <laughs> he's alive. He's alive. Um, but you know, he's probably a little scarred. But we took him in the back, and he explained that he got it from a pawn shop, and he gave us the pawn shop location. Uh, and I believe, I can't remember if we bought the jersey off of him, like gave him just straight cash, or if we gave him a new jersey, like a, like a new Addy Zero jersey uh, of his choice. I don't remember which one it was. It was one of the two. But he did not leave the arena with the jersey that night. I'll tell you that. And so what happened next was two of my coworkers tracked down the pawn shop that he he bought it from. And we talked to they talked to the owner and the owner was like, yeah, I've got another one of them. So the owner met my two coworkers in a parking garage to sell the jersey. It was like it was like a jersey drug deal almost. It was like top secret shit. But. Long story Yo, short, narco season four is fucking wild. Boys, <laughs> I'm Long story short, we were able to get it, and we got the story behind it too. It was apparently uh, a fanatics employee took a few of the samples that they had of the jerseys and sold it to a pawn shop, hoping to make some quick money off of it. So, but we got them all. We got them all off the streets, and so, uh, so a farmer fanatics employee saving, saving probably. I would definitely say. Poverty fanatics. Saving the kids from the dangers of all black jerseys. You can't be too safe these days. I mean, those jerseys are disgusting. They're awesome. They're disgusting. I hate them. I think they're pretty average, if I'm going to be honest. I think they're a little bland. I like a a good black jersey, but I think they could have done more with it. I like the reverse retros, though. But that's yeah, really the reverse retros were nice. I have that but on yeah. my, my wall. I, I feel like the Tampa Bay Lightning have a pretty cool jersey, and it's just like, I don't know. Going all black is like, and whenever you make a uniform that's all black and you don't do anything special with it but throw your logo on it, it's like, whatever. I used to stare yeah. at those jerseys every day for like two years, man. It was... You can miss with a black jersey. They're like the stars, like, like neon <clears throat> shit. So. Those are fire. The yeah, stars black and green ones? No, <laughs> those, those are tripping. Those are heat. Those are heat. Rare, rare Will L. Rare Will L. Really? Rare. I feel like, I feel like, those are, I feel I like, like those. We, rare. We covered, we covered that on whatever episode it was, season one, you ever want to yell about jerseys. I feel like we had this discussion. Like, oh, those yeah. jerseys mm. are really nice. <laughs> it was Which jerseys season again? one, episode two, you ever want to scream about jerseys. And that was like definitely the, that's definitely the a ones good that one. Look like they're out of the Matrix movie. That's sick. That <laughs> those things are so tough. Just stop. Tron, dude. The Tron. The Tron. Yeah, no. so yeah, good. Tron Yo, movies. those things. Fuck. I'm sorry. They're awesome. <laughs> Hope, Hope he wears it. It's not. It's great. Yeah. All right. Yeah, when uh, Jamie Ben's ugly ass wears it, it's disgusting. Joey, um, next question. <laughs> just shut up. Um. So you obviously were at the All Star event that year in 2018 because you mentioned you were there the conference final. Uh, what was that like? Because that was the year they had the entire starting uh, group for the East or the Atlantic was all Tampa Bay players, right? Yeah. <clears throat> um, I, the All-Star event was crazy. That was, without a doubt, the hardest week of work in my life. Uh, I'm talking like 12, 14-hour days in a row, just back to back to back. Um so much merchandise came in and we had to swap it all out with all the lightning stuff. And then there was just so much other stuff going on. It was crazy. 
Um, the best part of the entire thing was during, I want to say it was the skills comp. During the skills comp, Dan Girardi came into the store. He was with the Lightning at that time. He came into the store, and I was helping him out for a little bit. And so I was pretty much running around Emily Arena doing stuff for Dan Girardi at the time, which is really cool. But he's a super nice guy. He's a great dude. Um, a lot of those guys are really cool. And so we got to interact with a lot of people that weekend that we otherwise wouldn't normally be able to interact with. Um, so it was, I, it was just a crazy event, though. I think the part about the entire event that pissed me off the most was during another, like later on during the skills comp, I went up to work um, to help out a guy work the pin trade thing. He wanted me to come do that with him. So I did that with him. And I think it was Kid Rock performed at Kid Rock performed, I'm pretty sure. And he was like, oh man, I'm a huge Kid Rock fan. I want to go see Kid Rock. So I was like, all right, whatever. As long as I can watch Ovechkin do the hardest shot. You can go see Kid Rock. So he comes back from the Kid Rock performance, and we're hanging out. And before the hardest shot, he's like, oh, I got to go take a shit. So I was like, all right, please hurry up. I don't want to miss hardest shot. I really don't want to miss it. Dude never comes back from his shit until, like, way later on in the event. I miss Ovechkin's hardest shot, and I'm pretty sure he won it that year. Uh, so that was that was brutal. But – Otherwise, it was a cool event. It was really cool to be a part of something like that. Um, just a lot of, a lot of fun times surrounding that. Like as stressful as it was, like it is something that I do look back on pretty fondly to be a part of that because it was a special year, um, especially for the Capitals. So, just a, a good time all around, but very stressful. <laughs> People are Kid Rock fans. What the fuck? Yeah, this dude was a huge that was Kid the Rock. Last All Star game that that uh, that OVU went to, right? Yeah, because he refused to go to 2019. No, he's going to this one, though, I think. Yeah, yeah he said he they would. They said he's going. Nice. Okay, so you are you are known for Twitter. That's <laughs> one of the things you are known for. Um, so in the the PG-13 sphere of things... Of course. What are a couple favorite favorite like tweets, you know, whether it's a got em or or, uh, or just something that you thought was funny? <clears throat> It can be it can be R, but not like rated R like to the max. I got you. I, I got you. <laughs> um, is the Nick Dowd is the Nick Dowd thing? Oh no, no that's go perfectly good. Go, go okay. ahead, dude. Go just ahead. fucking go for it at this point. Who gives a shit? Like, I, I no really pe think no that, peanut uh, butter, no peanut butter tweets. No, uh, uh no, I got tweets. you. I got you. <laughs> um, I don't know. The the Dick Dowd tweet has has lived on quite well so far since that one. Are you the there one that started that all? He started it, right? Tweet? Yeah. What's it What's it like knowing that Paige Dowd and supposedly Nick Dowd knows about that? Oh, Nick knows. He knows. Um, <laughs> I'm, no, I'm assuming he knows because Paige, <laughs> Paige said that she would tell him. So what's it like knowing that Nick Dowd, arguably the best hockey player in the world, I may add, knows, knows that you've started a Twitter trend about uh, that? <laughs> I just I hope that they got a good laugh out of it. That I hope they got a good laugh out of it. That's all. Really. I will say like, when when like Joey and I when Joey and I went to the Caps game where we got shit kicked by the Bruins, and um, 
That's Nick so Dad had done fun. something, but like I said it out loud. I was like, you know, I said the line, and the kid like sitting next to us, who I, you know, we didn't know, he was like, you know, that's fucking funny. I'm gonna use it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, thanks. I came up with it, you know. <laughs> I was like, good old, I did it. <laughs> as as long as it makes people laugh, that's, that's all I care about. Um, there was another tweet that I had back in when the it was a super long time ago. It was back when the Penguins and Nashville played in the Stanley Cup final. And if you guys remember at the time, there was a point where I believe it was the city of Pittsburgh like banned the selling of catfish or something like that, like of like fresh catfish or something like that. Something ridiculous cuz Nashville fans were throwing them on the ice. And I wasn't like I was a nobody on Twitter at this time. I still am a nobody on Twitter. But I I threw out a picture of like a it was like a car getting chased by like 80 police cars and I was like when you buy a catfish in <laughs> you know the city of Pittsburgh or something like that and that one that one kind of blew up a little bit at the time and I thought that was pretty funny. So But I don't know. Well, I think What yeah. was your first like really big tweet? Was that it? It might have been that one. To That's be a good one. That's fine. I don't know if I've ever seen that. I've, I've been on here the longest, same with you. So I, I remember that. Yeah, so you followed much. me longer than I think anybody we else. We knew has. each other long ago. I remember we were like that. I, I remember that after the 2017 loss to Pittsburgh, bro, everybody was like on edge. It was yeah, that so was rough. Bad. Like I could go back and look up like Travis and like Griff and everybody was like fucking saying the most like obscene shit. If I had my, my original account, I remember like I was just like I was going off. I was ready to fight Daniel Winnick for what he did. Like Yeah, that so night funny. was rough. Um my ex girlfriend at the my girlfriend at the time, she's obviously like my long ex girlfriend now, but at the time she was over my house for that game and I was like I just sat in silence after the game ended. And she like didn't know what to do, so she just left, and I just turned off the TV, and I just went to bed. <laughs> I don't she think I spoke. Up with you. She's like, "This guy's way too attached to a hockey team. I need to get out." <laughs> I don't think I spoke for like a solid twenty-four hours after that loss. Like I was just uh, twenty-seventeen was probably was the most depressing because it felt like it was really over. Like it really that yeah. was like that, that was my felt like a nail in the coffin. It was and so like, bad. 20, 2017, Like I remember, even Joe Beninati said it when we had him on. He was like, you know, at twenty seventeen or even after twenty eighteen, I would have thought maybe twenty seventeen was more equipped or prepared to win a cup, and then. You know that team obviously does not win a cup, and then yeah, Daniel Winnick decided to miss year. a fucking breakaway on Mark Andre yeah. Fleury, and that just. I mean, if they if they ask you like if they ask you like what team would you want to bring back right now, you'd be hard pressed not to say the 2017 team. Like that team was just ridiculous, but they couldn't get it done. I've got a different answer for that one. <laughs> well, I mean, you probably 2008, right? But. No, I would say the no. 2014 15. Oh, no, I was that's gonna that's go cool. there. I was like, that team was unreal. They had. They also, had all those great defensive players. They had a great offense that was really run well by Trotz because the system – I remember that year we started off like ass and everybody was like, oh, Trotz sucks. And then like all of a sudden like after the Winter Classic, they just started rattling off every single win imaginable and they like tore their way to the playoffs. I was actually like, man, they might actually win the Cup this year. And then, you know, Dan Girardi, you know, your so-called great person drove a puck towards the net and Derek Stefan killed our season. <laughs> so, great person. <laughs> he is. He's a, dude, he's a really good guy. I can't say, yeah, I don't I can't say no <laughs> Also, Also, I was, since we're talking about tweets, I thought, I, it made me think of this. You guys know that tweet 
where it's like I just retweeted it because it made me think of it. The Penguins always have like eight injuries and twelve call-ups I've never heard of. The call is like Malkin gains the zone with wingers and Mark Donk and Buzz flip it. And you look and they both have forty seven points. <laughs> yeah. I think that is my favorite hockey Twitter tweet ever. That one's really good. That's uh acting the fool of it, I think is yeah. It's so He's accurate though, because like every single year they have at least one. Like who guy is Evan Rodriguez, know. bro? <laughs> So, so Noah, you had uh, another big, big fiasco around a tweet this year. Uh, it was after <laughs> VTech had a, a little bit of a shoulder injury in a game, and um, that that day or that night or the next day, you had you had made a tweet saying that VTech went through successful sol- shoulder surgery and uh, his return was you know to be determined or something along those lines. But the tweet ended up getting you know used and you know, re-put out by a number of NHL reporters and personalities. And then it made its, its way all the way to the NHL network on TV. And that was a that was a big thing. You got blocked by Ian Oland, our friend from RMNB. We squashed that beef when we had him on this year. You know, he unblocked you. It. That's good. But tell, tell us more about that. What was, what was that like? <laughs> I was actually at work when that happened. I was helping out a coworker run there because uh, i work in parks and recreation just for just a general term i won't get into like the specifics of it but i was helping uh i was helping a coworker run their adult like softball league so i was there i was literally scorekeeping for him and like you know helping him out because he needed help that night and while i was doing that i was just like why don't i just you know i'll have a little fun like i'm sitting out here i'm kind of bored i'll have a little fun we do so a bit I put of it trolling. Out yeah, and I didn't like. I normally, obviously, I would always go for like NBC Sports Washington, but I figured I would mix it up and maybe go for, you know, something new. Maybe you know, throw it out there. And I thought the Capitals PR would get picked up like pretty quickly. Is like, all right, this is clearly not the Capitals PR. Um, that was before Greg Wyshynski retweeted it. Like, I don't know, maybe five minutes into the tweet being alive. And that it really took off from there, so that was rough. Um, and then yeah, I got I got blocked by Ian, and then they blocked me from the Arm and B account. And I was like, I don't I don't have beef with you guys. And then people started going after them because they blocked me, and I was I was trying to be like, please don't go after them. Like, you know, it, they report on news and stuff like that, and you know their whole job pretty much relies on reporting things like quickly and accurately and i kind of fuck with with like <laughs> i kind of fucked that up so you know i totally understood it but i appreciate you guys squashing that beef with ian because i think ian's a good guy yeah you know we do it we do a bit of therapy and group therapy sessions here on the pizzas here podcast i don't i don't think peter will ever unblock me peter's had me blocked for quite some time so i don't think that's ever going to happen but uh one step one. at a time <clears throat> I saw one tweet where someone had uh, imitated Samantha Pell, and they had said that Ovechkin was on COVID protocol. That, <laughs> that was is you, where I draw the Xavier. Line. That was, that was, oh no, that was Xavier. Was yeah, yeah, Xavier. Yeah. I don't know why I thought that was you. Yeah, Xavier that was did Xavier, that. Yeah. And that, that is I said where that. I draw I, the line. Do I not even, play yeah. with my Alex Ovechkin. <laughs> I even commented on that post from the PHP account. I was like, yeah, this is too far. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I would never imitate. Sam, I would never say Sam. Sam's oh. Sam's a real one. I'll just Sam's a real Definitely. one. Definitely. PHP I, guest legend. I have a funny I was I went to the game. I have a yesterday. funny story about that VTech tweet. So I have a, I was Yeah, go ahead. Oh fuck, should I just freeze? No, you're good. 
might have just frozen. Now he just muted himself. Okay. <laughs> um. So so let's just keep going, and then when he gets himself situated, he can say that or something. Okay. He's I was bad. literally about to say something. You did. You muted Jake. Jake was about to say something. Well, Jake, a, a, Jake had yeah. issues, so I thought I'd say something. But go ahead, Jake. I'm good now. I was saying a funny story about that VTech tweet. So I had a, like sat next to a Caps fan in like one of my classes last semester, and he's not on Twitter. So and like he DM me a screen. I don't know how he got the screenshot, but he DM me a screenshot of that tweet. And I was and I just I just respond. It was it was Noah's tweet. I was like, damn, that's crazy. That's all I said. Because I, I knew, you know, obviously, I'm on Twitter. Should have so been I like, yeah, I'm actually it. friends with that guy. It's not no, real. No, <laughs> I didn't. I wanted him to believe it. <laughs> I didn't say shit. Because I'm like good friends with him, but we just bonded over the caps. But I was like, damn, that's crazy. <laughs> Your reach, Noah. Joey, yeah. what did you, what did you, you have to say random, before you, we... You reach random say, kids I went at to West the, Virginia, uh, I went dude. to the uh, game yesterday, and I was like... I, I'm still... I don't know if people know this. I'm still dealing with a concussion. So I went to the game, and I was basically in my seat the whole time. And I was like, man, I should probably try to hit up Sam Pell and be like, hey, do you want to meet up at the game and like say hi? Because I'm like one of the hosts. She's been on the show you before. You think Sam Pell has time for you at the Caps game? She has time to come on this fucking show, yeah. She has time not to at the cap, <laughs> Not at the Caps not game. during a game, dog. She's doing her job at the game. She, she says hi to other people. I mean, I don't fucking know. Like, she said hi to like Jordan and Haley when she, they went. I don't know. I thought maybe it'd be nice to see her, but I just was like. To, nah, be, to be fair, I'm guilty of texting Joe Beninati at the Caps yeah, game don't asking if that. we could get you in the box. Yeah, don't I texted Joe B and was like, what are the odds that we can come say hi in the box? And he was like, no visitors are allowed because of COVID. So maybe maybe in a year or two or something. But moving on, uh, we're at the midway point of the season now. Obviously, the Caps started off really strong. And obviously, the past couple weeks have been a bit of a rough patch for us, to say the least. This past week was actually pretty good. We got two overtime wins, our first and our second of the season. Never thought I'd be saying that if you had asked me a week ago. But uh, I guess we'll just go through and do a bunch of midseason awards, I guess. like So, you know, we'll do each of the ones for the Caps and say, if the season ended right now, who would you give the award to or just who has earned it up to this point? And then we'll do some NHL awards and... Again, if the season was ending right now, who would you give them to? So we'll start off. Uh, this one will probably be pretty unanimous for one person. Um, Capitals MVP up until this point of the season. I'm going to go ahead on a limb here and say Alex Ovechkin. Carl Haglund. Oh, <laughs> shit. If there's, if, Damn, he's really reaching, folks. I don't know what if there's, if there, I know that's not a hot take, so if there's anyone that disagrees – then go ahead. But if not, then we can just go to the next one. I think Alex the biggest Ovechkin. question... Well, 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 let me tell you about this guy, Carl Haglin. Who's your non-OV MVP? <laughs> My non-OV MVP has got to be Kuznetsov, just because yeah, of how much of a bounce-back year it's been. Yeah, We're going to do most improved in a few minutes, and he's going to be my pick, but definitely Kuznetsov. But uh, Ovi's leading the league in points right now, and uh, he's 36 years old, so that pretty much says it all. So... Uh, this one, I'll let Jake start it off, just because I don't know, just because. But uh, who's your who's your least valuable player on the Caps up to this point? I mean, I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm I not mean, gonna say it's, Carl it's pretty Hagelin. easy. Well, <laughs> it's Carl Hagelin. I'm like, he sucks. I don't like I him. Honestly, we'll say <laughs> Carl Hagelin has not been the worst player for us this year, but just because of how much he's fucked up, it's gotta be him. Like, it's just gotta be. 
Because when he fucks up, it's so noticeable because we all pay attention to now. It's like Brooks Orpik. It's like whatever Brooks Orpik did something bad, we're like, motherfucker, Brooks Orpik. Like, Carlson would do the same thing. Watch your mouth. Hey, listen, if Carlson would do the same thing Orpik would do like five times in a game, but he would score so he'd not care. It's basically Brooks Orpik is just like is like Carl Hagelin to what Ovechkin is. Basically, Ovechkin does what Carl Hagelin does, doesn't do. He scores. Okay, so Noah, who's your pick for least valuable right now? Uh... I think uh, obviously, you know, all things aside, man, there's there's more important things in the game than just penalty killing. You can find a forward and coach that, like one of these young guys, can be coached to be a good penalty killer and also Agreed. be able to like score goals. Carl Hagelin is just not AJF. Bring him up, not Patrick. Worth. Yesterday, AJF can't defend for shit. I would say Hagelin or I would say Hagelin or Kempney. You know that? <laughs> I would say Hagelin or Kempney. I know Kempney hasn't played a lot, but I have Kempney. I don't think I'd say Kempney because I mean I've been I haven't been too displeased with him, and I mean his first few games back were actually surprisingly really good well, considering he had been like gone shit. for so long. Like yesterday. Well, yeah, I mean I'm not gonna give someone the title off of one game though. Haglin's done it multiple times, so I'm gonna go with the general consensus and say Carl Haglin. I agree with Noah in that while penalty killing is pretty important. And we are good at it, so obviously he's doing something right in that aspect. I think there's a number of guys on this team that if you give them a month or two, or even really not that long, I feel like there's plenty of guys in our our organization that could be coached up into being a good penalty killer. I mean, we've seen people like Evgeny Kuznetsov give good minutes on the penalty kill. I don't think, unless, like, unless the person's like Sean Couturier or like Ekman, I mean, not Ekman Larson, Erickson Eck, like who are, like, notably, like, insanely good penalty-killing defensive Selkie-worthy guys, Can't you know, Haglund's not to that level to where it's like, okay, keep him in the lineup solely for penalty-killing. I think there's people that we could coach into being good penalty-killers that are somewhat competent on a breakaway, getting a shot off of the ice. But that's my two cents. But um, who did uh, you who you want to say, Will? Because you said it's not uh, Haglund. I will say Ilya Samsonov. Um, because Noah's gonna kill you. <laughs> I'm sorry. You look at like he's the guy we protected in the expansion draft. He's supposed to come in and be our number one goalie. He shows flashes of of, of brilliance, and then it just it never comes together. And you look at guys like Sorokin and Shostakin, and you're like, dude, like if this Caps team had Shostakin or Sorokin, which is what Samsonov was, we were hoping he would be. You know, we're we're cruising. We're we're going into the playoffs with our goaltender, and we're like, yo, let's let's do this shit. But as we're, stands, we're like, like both yo. ass at times too, dude. Sammy, when has Sammy been good since since like his rookie year? Joey's got he the concussion glasses on. Let's ride. I will say, I'm just really tired. Like, even if he's not like apart from him not being perfect. The thing that pisses me off the most is that all of the Caps media outlets, every single, like, every other week, they put out an article saying the Caps are doing this good, but they're hoping for more consistency from goaltenders. It's like, okay, we've been saying that for two years now every single week. Like, we got to get to a point to where it's, like, it's recognized it's not working out. We can't just keep hoping for consistency. If it's not coming in two years, it's not going to come in the in the foreseeable future you know but 
obviously they're both young goaltenders. Obviously they're still pretty early in the goaltending career, like arc. You know, obviously people peak in their late 20s, early 30s as goaltenders. But at the same time, I'm like us having Ovi and Backstrom and our big three for only like a few more years now, them getting to the end of their careers. I don't want to, I'm not at a time right now where I want to be, you know, complacent and okay with averageness and like waiting for, you know, good, better things to come. I almost said gooder, but like, I'm not, we're not at a time in this organization to where we can be okay with average. We have three, four, five years left in our window of greatness with the best goal scorer of all time. We need a, you know, an elite goaltender right now so we can take the most advantage of what we have, you know, like, you, you get what I'm saying, you know, anybody? Yeah, I don't I don't want to, like, <laughs> obviously, I won't go on too long about it because I know that we got other things that we got to get to, but uh, at the same time, the thing that I've always said about the two of them, you know, Samsonov and Vanacek, is that Ilya Samsonov has a very high ceiling. He's got a lot of potential. He's very athletically gifted. He's very talented. And, yes, he's not consistent. He's not consistently that good. Like, the Samsonov that we saw that had the back-to-back shutouts on that California trip, we don't see that Samsonov all the time. It's very inconsistent, whereas Vitek is more consistent, but he is more consistently average to below average than anything else. He doesn't have that same ceiling that Samsonov does. And neither of them are going to take the reins like Laviolette wants them to because anytime one of them has the slightest bad game, they're yanked and then they don't see him for another you know, week and a half. So there's no real way for them to establish any sort of consistency or any sort of, you know, number one, number two mindset when they're just constantly flipping back and forth. And I don't, I mean, like, obviously everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but I don't see how the guy, the goalie with the most wins on your team right now can be your least valuable player when without him, they're not even a playoff team right now. I mean, it's just every time he's in the, every time Samsonov starts, they, they, they seem to win. They find ways to win. You know, it might not always be pretty, but I, I don't think your least valuable player can be the guy who's gotten you the most standings points so far. I Let's will say, I will say, you guys might not agree with me, but I think I'd rather have consistent averageness than seesaw up and down, like very, very good or very bad. I think I'd rather have consistent averageness. That might just be me, but I'd rather go into a playoff game knowing, okay, our goalie might not you know, come out looking like Vasilevsky for 60 minutes, but he's going to keep us in the game. He's going to be consistently good, decent. Whereas going in with Samsonov, you're like, this guy's either going to have a Vezina game or he's going to look like a, you know, he needs to be in a different country playing, you know, but. They need better than both. If they're going to make like a serious run, they need better than both. I agree. Whether that be a Reimer or a Flurry or. We'll get there. (laughs) Quick. Everybody. You know that we started the Mark Andre Fleury to DC trend. That's Travis is doing and are doing. Um, but uh, if I'm gonna, I have an, I have a least valuable player myself because none of your picks are mine. Um, so does anybody want to tell me what happened to Lars Zeller in the off season? Did he get oh like hit with a bus or something? You're an idiot. What? No, Lars Zeller has been fine. He's no, been no, good. I don't no, know what you're yeah. talking. No, about. all right. Dude. No, I'm not having this. This dude is stealing power play minutes for no reason. He goes out there and does nothing. He Dude. gives us nothing, and yet he gets praised. He also looks incredibly lost on the ice, in my opinion. I don't know what the hell is going on with Eller. 
he looks like he has taken a massive step back for whatever it's worth. You could say he scored points and stuff. That's fine. His goal the other day against Boston was a flute goal. It was literally going wide, and Omar put it in his own net by trying to stop it. Like, it was a flute goal. I'm sorry. It's good that he scored, but it was a flute goal. I very much don't know why he's still playing center when McMichael has proven himself to be a much better and more capable center than him. It's fine if he wants to stay on the line with McMichael, but putting him in that defensive position on the third line, when the third line's a lot more defensive at times, like, that just feels like a terrible place to put him. Like, it makes no sense to have him there right now when McMichael has been better. He is creating more chances. And whenever he touches the puck, it seems like he is close to or around creating more chances. Every time Eller touches the puck, the fucking play dies and goes the other way. I swear to God, yes, there were so many times where he touched the puck. And, like, even my goddamn mom, who hasn't seen hockey in months and years, could notice that Lars Eller looked way off. And it was like, it just is sad. I don't want Lars Eller off this team. He's still a great has a great chance to produce offensively with an incredible shot. And he's got great vision when he's able to control the puck and not like just completely prolapse on the ice. But it just makes no sense that he's taken the step back and he's consistently getting those minutes. We've seen what happens when people like McMichael make tiny errors. Hell, because Netsov last season when Laviolette was, was putting in a system was getting thrown down the lineup because he was making small, tiny errors. You know, other people are making errors. But, like, Eller's being held to different standards. Like, he's being held to, like, like fucking Garnet Hathaway is literally like 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 a goddamn vacuum on the first line. Yet he still gets put there by Laviolette. Like, it makes no sense. So Dude, you he's... have to understand that, like, if Eller's not working somewhere, you have to move him. And they just won't. I don't know why. Because he's right. not. You're because he's not playing. Then he's literally. The has, is like, bullshit. Sorry, I'm you go, you first, go ahead. Look up the stats. He's driving play this season. He has a Corsi above fifty. That's good. I don't know this what. Your, this I don't is know your third what line games center. you're watching. Yeah, he's a third line center. I don't <laughs> know what yeah. games I, you're I, def- I definitely wouldn't put him as the worst player that we've had this year. But, um, I agree that McMichael needs a, a better a better role, but at the cost of Lars Eller, you know, an experienced guy who helped win the Stanley Cup here and knows what he's doing. I, Man, I I'm tired of this shit of experience. We have got two years until we're fucked. We need people who are ready he's to be good. good he's good. Rookies. He's playing well. I don't know what you want from the dude. He's, I feel like he's. he's I agree, not gonna, with, I agree he's, with Will. 100% he's not gonna. He, he's not gonna be putting up McDavid numbers at the third line center role. I don't think he should be on the power play over McMichael. I think we all agree on that, but. To say he's the least valuable player this year is a stretch. I don't know why Tom Wilson is on the power play. Because Tom Wilson has in, an incredible in the bumper shot spot. If you're going to put net. Tom Wilson on the yeah. power play, throw him in front of the net and just have him stand there. Yeah, the fact that he's in the bumper to... spot with Oshi when you need like a skill guy there, like every time they try to pass to him in the slot, he like misses the shot or makes a bad pass. Like if you're gonna put uh put Tom Wilson on your power play, throw him in front of the net and and let him just stand there. But but putting him in the the slot is the problem. Eller is not the the problem with this power play. And this is the first well, unit the, doesn't the even use. The problem is Eller. is that Eller's currently has a uh, the worst course he's had since he came to DC. The worst Femic he's had since he came to DC. Basically, every advanced statistic is the lowest he's been since he came to DC. And I understand Eller is very important to this team. I'm looking at this right now. That's not no, even bullshit. true. I'm looking at it too, and it says <laughs> it's he's not the worst since he's been here. I'm not even fucking with you. It's 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 I. That speaks I more. To, if if that's true, that speaks more to how he's good he's been than yeah. how bad he is now. His advanced stats yeah. are getting worse. His but they're still better than a lot of people. He's He's not better than Connor Michael. I guarantee you, twenty-eight. Okay, league would trade for Lars Eller as their third center. Saying that Lars Eller is better than Connor McMichael does not equal he's the worst player on our team. Anyways, fucking Haglund, man. All right, yeah, there you go. Any, there you go. Something good. All right, so, so this one's also probably gonna be 
a pretty general, you know, pretty agreed upon vote. But for most improved player from last year, I'm going to go with Evgeny Kuznetsov. Obviously, last year, you know, no one, no one's forgotten yet. The entire Caps Twitter fan base. I filled base. out the apology form, right? The entire Caps fan base, excluding I'm not filling me, out shit. Other than me and a couple other people wanted him gone. A lot of people wanted him out of D.C. A lot of people wanted him traded. A lot of people wanted him put up for the expansion draft to go to Seattle. People were not happy with Evgeny Kuznetsov. And to be fair, it was probably one of, if not his worst years that he's had. It was a bad year, but he's come back this year and bounced back in a very strong way. And uh, he's been our number two points guy the entire year, pretty much. And uh, let me just get that number. So... Obviously, OV is leading our team by 17 points over the second the place NHL. guy, Don't but and it. the NHL. But Evgeny Kuznetsov is second with 41 points. He's gave us some very, very big goals this year. He's played just a lot better than last year in pretty much every way. I think he's been more sound defensively. He's been more sound offensively. He's looked quicker. He's looked more agile. He's looking like the player that we all fell in love with in 2018, and. You know, he's just he's just showing us that he's the elite player that he once was again. So that's obviously very happy for me and everyone else here because if Kuzi isn't playing as good as he is right now, Ovi wouldn't be leading the league in points. Although that hurts to say, obviously Ovi is elite on his own and is Ovi on his own, but I don't think he'd be having the numbers he does right now if Kuzi wasn't playing at the level he is. So he definitely gets my vote. I'm not gonna disagree. Uh, I'm gonna be real with you. It's Kuznetsov. It's I, I. I will say that there's a couple other people that you could make a somewhat case for. Like I think TBR is really good. I think it's great that he's getting his chance. But like he wasn't here last up. year. Yeah, he I'm was. gonna go. Oh, okay, you have to leave. I'll say it. Nick Jensen. Yeah, Nick. He was my second <laughs> pick. Yeah, he's Nick Jensen. Second. I, I think, thought I think Nick was great last year too. Though. He was he good was last good year. Last but year but I feel like a he lot of people improved. still kind of wanted him out for some reason like i thought he looked all right but like i think he's been way better this Dude, year than what he is happening and, in this nfc championship game right now me and, oh, I, me I just and saw the exact i just saw <laughs> fumbled like me and me and will were on twitter arguing with somebody about nick jensen being our best defensive defenseman the other day and the guy was trying to say that uh that he trusts john carlson more on defense in the defensive zone mm-hmm. than nick jensen and we thought that that was hilarious but uh yeah, Nick Jensen is definitely very well improved. Zdeno Chara definitely helped mold him into a lot more, but a lot better player, and uh, he's definitely been a good surprise this year. Jensen but, uh, should have drawn six penalty minutes against Brad Marchand mm-hmm. in what was like not even half a game. Look, there were there was one play where it should have been a double minor. It was called this a, a single minor, and there was one play where he like swipes the stick. I don't know how. He literally swipes Jensen's stick and it didn't get called. But he could have very well drawn six penalty minutes against Marchand in like thirty minutes. Noah, like do you have do you agree with Kuzi or is it someone else for you? Yeah, I agree with Kuzi. Alright. Cool. I was about to say, you're you're sacrilegious you don't agree with Kuzi. You've been one of the per- you've been one of the yeah. goddamn most loyal Kuzi people in the world. So yeah. Um so they they actually were having this discussion on the Caps post game a few a few nights ago after one of our games, but who would you guys say is our best rookie this year? The the people, the main people in the discussion are Faravari, McMichael, and Protus. At least that's what I'm seeing. Protus. I think I think there's an yeah, argument for Protus and McMichael, but I'm definitely gonna say Faravari. Yeah. You guys Faravari. might not agree with that, but I I definitely say Faravari. He had like 
He had a career high like 25 minutes or something yesterday or like 28. He was insane yesterday. I can't remember. Awesome. I can't remember the number, but it was something like really high, like 26 or 28 minutes. And it was his career high. They threw him in from not being an NHL player to this year being a rookie on the first line pairing with Carlson. And I think he's excelled in that role. He's looked like a sound NHL, you know, a timely player, you know, someone that knows what they're doing. And he hasn't, he hasn't been an issue by any means for me at least. And I think his defensive soundness and just, you know, like athletic ability in the sport of hockey, like has helped Carlson's game because, you know, having Faravari, someone who's sound defensively and good both ways in the back with Carlson allows Carlson to push up more and play to his strong suits of offense, which is what we pay him for. So Faravari has been good in his own sense, but also because he's helping Carlson play better in the offensive look of things. But if you I guys, go Protus. yeah, yeah, I'm still, I'm still going Protus. I yeah, that's, that's fair. That's that's <laughs> fair. Yeah, I, I think I think there's an argument for all three of those guys: Ferravari, Protus, and McMichael. I mean, McMichael's has had Mike McMichael has had glimpses of you know greatness and looking like he could be a star player that we want one day. And I mean, Protus has also come out of out of nowhere under the radar and has been a very good player for us at times. He's had oh minutes way. on the top line. The he, he's had minutes on the top line and scored, Jake? <laughs> has done a lot of things, but they um, call a penalty. Sorry. yeah, yeah. Let's stop talking about football. But, um, I think, I think there's an argument for all three of them. So, I mean, I'm not going to like completely disagree with you guys on saying Protus or McMichael, but, um, then next we have best defender. So, uh, or Noah, Noah, do you want to say anything else about Protus or, just no, that, that's I'm, your pick. Okay. Yeah, um, gotcha. <laughs> so, uh, so, um, best defender, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Nick Jensen. Um, hopefully people agree with me on that, but I'm going to say Orlov. I know. Orlov. I know. I, know. I was going to go it's between those two. For I me. think, I, I think, think yeah, Jensen. I, I agree. Jensen, I agree with all of you in that it's between those two. I think Carlson's been good at times. Obviously he's our highest point scoring defenseman, but that's, you know, expected at this point being John Carlson paying him, what is it? Eight mil to be an offensive talent. So there's definitely, you know, good things there, but his defensive game hasn't been the best. I think Farivari has been really good at times too, obviously, like I said, but I think Nick Jensen and Orlov have been our best too. I think you could argue both sides on that also, but I'll say Nick Jensen just because of how good he's been defensively. I mean, the, the guy was like leading the league in plus minus by like, in like an insane number. It was like plus 20 or something at some point, but obviously that's not the whole story, but I really like Nick Jensen. And I also think Orlov has been great at times. So I, I can see both of those also. Um, all right. Yeah, I, I think Orlov, the biggest thing about him is I think he's generally becoming one of the best two way defensemen in all of the NHL with how incredible his offense has come. And the fact that defensively, he's never really been a problem this year defensively. I, I can't think yeah. of one time when he was the problem defensively. He and Jensen may be one of the best shutdown pairings in the NHL. I'm not even fucking kidding. Their numbers are incredible. Um, and obviously, Nick Jensen isn't a big offensive guy. But when he's needed to, he's able to bring you the puck into the zone and play there, which allows Orlov to be more of like the catalyst of like the offense. And it's it's really good. I mean obviously Carlson's our offensive leader on defense. There's no taking that away. His offensive instincts are way better than uh, Orlov's. But defensively, like you want to fundamentally sound like our best overall defenseman with everything in the one. It's it's Orlov easily because he's offensively great. He's defensively great, and you know he doesn't really make many mistakes, if any mistakes. 
Yeah. Is he still on yeah. COVID or is he suspended? Was he suspended? He was yesterday? suspended. Oh, he's back. Yeah. He's off it now. Yeah, he's yesterday was the last of the games because he didn't play yesterday. So yeah, we'll need him against Vegas. So. Yeah, he's definitely been really good this year. Um, Hell so yeah. so let's talk about the NHL as a whole. Uh, again, for this first one, I think all of us are going to make the same pick. Um, the Hart Award League MVP. I'll go with our boy Alex Ovechkin. It's got to be even. Over. And yep. I've said I've said this I've said I've said this before that even if you know, someone like McDavid or Dreisaitl finishes with a couple more points of them, I think you still give the award to Ovechkin just because, one, our team has been a lot more successful than the Oilers, especially in the last couple weeks. But um, also just the fact, like we've said a million times, is that he's 36 years old doing all of this. I mean, Dreisaitl and McDavid are in the primes of their careers. They're supposed to be putting up these numbers, but... Time and time again, people have said Ovechkin's going to burn out. Ovechkin's not going to put up these numbers again. His time's over, but he comes back and slaps them in the face and leads the league in points at 36 years old. So that's awesome. But uh, I think I would Huberto's argue that, also really up there now too. Yes, I would argue that Huberto is second, and I think my third would my third vote would actually go to Shusterkin. The Rangers are an average team without him. Yeah, Shusterkin's going to the vessel. Like that's that going to be my pick for that. It's, dude, it's it's absurd that he's not an all-star. That pisses me off. Yeah, that was ridiculous. He's not? Just, I didn't know that. Just is the, the did not, I did not know that. Because they put Zabanajad in the last man vote, and he got he got it, but oh. he rejected it. He rejected it for some reason. But Yeah, Shostekin yeah, um, has, has taken an average Rangers team and turned them into the, uh, the second. Oh, my God. The Rangers the are getting abused 5-on-5. Five five. It's unreal. Yeah, they're just, and they're just, just, they're and just it's a lot of Shostekin. Honestly, if there's a goaltender that if there's a goaltender that's winning the Vesna or the Hart at the same time, it's going to be Shostekin. I'm sorry. I don't think Jari has got way too much talent around him. Vasilevsky is – it's expected at this point. Um and I don't really think there's anybody else in consideration right now for that kind of award, you know. But I um, think for the Vesna, for the Vesna, yeah. No, yeah. Vasilevsky Ooh, and Anderson are in. Somebody. Yeah, Vasilev Anderson is also in contention. Oh, oh Carolina's Carolina system is so perfect. Who, who are you going with? Because we can basically just go to Vesna. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about it. Uh, I have a so, mind. So for Vesna, uh, it's either Shosturkin or UC Saros. Fuck that. He's up Saros there. Is my pick. Yeah. Saros is my pick. Saros is second in my Saros opinion. Sorry, go ahead. I think Shostakin is 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 very notably in first because I, I understand that the Preds are not a great team without Saros, but the Rangers are literally uh, contending for the President's Trophy while being a terrible five on five team because they have a brick wall in net. Yeah, but he's absolutely Saros carrying is, them. Yeah, yeah. Shostakin's uh, absolutely carrying them. I is... think it's going to be Lundqvist 2.0 if we run into them in the playoffs. I'm not going. Oh God. I I agree oh, with I agree with Will. Um, I think Shostakin gets the Vezina this year, here, buddy. <laughs> Again, like agreeing with what Will said, you know, they're they're an average team without him. Their defense, even though they have the reigning Norris winner, isn't the best, especially five on five. So like Noah said, Shesterkin's been carrying them to a good extent and he's been unbelievable. It's an atrocity that he's not an all star, but he is absolutely insane. And it really, really pisses me off that we could have drafted him and didn't. But uh, I think. Uh... I think the only thing that could separate him and Saros from winning the uh, the Vesna is Saros is playing way more games than Shosturkin is right now, and if he keeps up playing the way that he is, I think they're going to take that more into consideration than 
you know, even though Shesterkin is carrying the Rangers, I think that the way the NHL hands out awards, they'll probably give that to Saros if he ends up playing like 50 games, which he almost certainly will end up playing more than 50 games for the Predators this year, where I don't know if Shesterkin reaches that for the Rangers. Maybe, maybe not. He could. I don't know. That's the only thing. I mean, there's nothing against either of them. It's I mean, the difference um, in games played right now is one. Saros has 36. Shesterkin has... 25. 35. Or it says. Am I looking at a different stat sheet? Oh, oh, this might be last year. Oops. Wait. I'll, let me check a different stat sheet. But I I, I, I think it's just Thurkins to lose at this point. I yeah, really I don't agree. think. I don't yeah. think. I think Saros is impressive. For sure, and I think he's definitely going to be in the top three. But I think Shesterkin, considering how his team is actively trying to get him scored on every single game, um, I think he definitely deserves it because they're Roman, five on five. Also, also like I mean, Adam Fox has obviously been good this year. He hasn't been doing as well as last year, but you know, UC Soros has an arguable Norris winner this year in Roman Yossi in front of him, so that definitely helps. But. uh you got to take that into consideration, also. But I, I Shesterkin's my pick. But sorry, I have is both of them good. on my fantasy team. By the way, that's I'm not carry. My goalies are carrying my fantasy. That's, that's lucky, dude. I don't even start so goalies. Lucky. Dude, I like. I literally don't start goalies in fantasy just because they always do negative like every game. Like my, they, they go negative more often than positive in my league for some reason. So I don't even put them in. But yeah, um, my, my team's a tank. So so. I just brought up Norris, so uh, let's do that one next. But uh, who do you guys have for the Norris? I'm going Kale McCarr. EA um, taking my pick once again. Shit. Uh. <laughs> I mean, nah. This this one's supposed to it's... like have mutual picks. This is this is. A I thing know. Where I, we're yeah. supposed to agree. Uh, it's but mine's Kale McCarr too. I think he's been playing. Kale McCarr is like. I... Kale McCarr, so there was some stat. It's like he's like on pace to like get like the highest points as a defender since like um, Bobby Orr. Or something like he's like putting uh, up numbers to close points than him. It, it, it's like goals or something then, because it's like because he's on pace. He's on pace for a shit ton of goals. Like he he's, let's see. He yeah he he's has on six, pace for well he has, above the goals. He has 16 goals right now as a defender, second most on the Avalanche. That one goal he had against Kirby Dock in overtime was filthy. That's that's a goal of the year candidate. It's probably not going to win it because. It's probably going to go to either one of McDavid's ISO goals or the the Zegras flip goal, but that goal was insane, and uh, I think I think Hill McCarr gets it this year. I you could also I, argue for for um, what was it? You can argue for Roman Yossi. You can argue for a couple other people like Headman, just because he's Headman. But I think Hill McCarr gets it. I actually have a different Avalanche defenseman. It's Devontae's. He's not going to win the Norris. No, you, have you seen his stat? His stats are insane. There's like a stat that I think um, Dominic, I don't know his last name. It's Dominic L. He tweeted about it. And he said like basically he like goals on the ice when he's on the ice and against them on the when he's on the ice, it, he's it's like six to one. The Avalanche are scoring like when he's on the ice. I so think Ekblad, Aaron Ekblad is also a candidate. Like it's incredible. I'm how giving much... it to Kyle McCarr. Yeah, can I finish? Sorry. It is. 
it is basically like insane how great he's playing. Like I, I talked about how Dmitry Orlov is so gifted. Like this dude is just Dmitry Orlov on crack. He's like literally doing everything he's doing, but insanely better. And yeah, offense is a big deal when talking about the Norris. But like when you look at the fact that like when he's on the ice, basically everything happens for the Avalanche and nothing happens for the opposing teams. That's fucking incredible. And I think Devontae should be getting some credit for the Norris and could possibly win it. Because of how little he's played, his offensive stats aren't even that terrible. He's a point. He's a point per game player too, and he's not exactly like getting no chances. He's a lot. He's on the power play two unit. He's incredibly good. He's got eight goals. What is it? 30, 23 assists in twenty eight games played, and that's that's more than a point per game in my opinion. He get, he's going to get some credit. Yeah, I think he's good, but I I wouldn't give him the Norris. Um, Noah, who would you say? Um, <clears throat> I kind of have three that I would be okay. With winning it, and that would be McCarr, Hedman, and uh, Fox. This would be my three, and I think Hedman so would actually deserve it this year. I so think basically, every, I think every other Hedman. Three. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, the, nothing's changed since last year for those three guys. If anything, gonna... they've if anything they've all improved. So yeah. I was going to say, I don't think any of Hedman's Norris's were, like, deserved, but he would actually <laughs> no. Yeah, this one, this one I think is, is justified. I think there might have been one more that was like, okay, he kind of deserved that, but this one, he, he would deserve Do you guys think McAvoy should be in the discussion? You got to have more points if you want to win the Norris. Yeah. Ah, um, kind of. I mean, for the I Norris think... Award, you do, but uh, who do you guys who do you guys think for the Selkie? Doesn't matter. They're gonna give it to Bergeron. Austin doesn't, Matthews. It doesn't matter. Don't give it to Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews. He's up it. there. He's up there. Ugh. He's been insane defensively. Are we praising Austin Matthews? I would like somebody other than Bergeron to win it. So yeah, sure. Let's go Matthews. Hey, give it to my man, Carl Haglin. Yeah. My man, Carl Haglin, the goat. Absolute stellar defensive play. He doesn't score any goals on for us and doesn't let goals against us. It's perfect. Unless his own net is empty. Of course, then he does that. <laughs> who else? Who Forced else Anaheim. is there that like? I mean, Barkov won it last. Couturier, you said Erickson Eck. Couturier could be up there. I think Erickson Eck might get. Erickson Eck. Erickson Eck could have a good chance of winning. Erickson Eck. Erickson Eck was my sleeper pick when we started this whole year. That was my sleeper for the for the Selkie. So I'd I'd like to get that win. That'd be nice, but. I don't, know if I don't know if they'll give it to him, but I mean, because Bergeron's so he, in the league, so it's hard for anyone else to win it. Defensive component. Right. Um, he's not going to win it, but who's actually good, like defensive-wise, is Rasmus Dahlin. He's not bad, but he's, he's not going to win. Pretty good. It. Yeah, he's not a lot better. This he's year. a def- he's a defender. Isn't Selkie for only forwards? Oh, it's only offense. Yeah, forwards. My bad. He's a defender. Yeah, but he he had he had a really nice assist the other day. It was it, like the a fake, fake slap sla- shot. Fake slap shot so through nice. the legs, best. That was sweet. It was nice. I forgot he was a defenseman. Yeah. Um. He, he's their he's all the star. America's he, team. He's their all star this year. Um. All right. So, this one's a pretty tight race, I think, still to this point. But uh, for the Calder, I think the the big three right now are the two boys from from Detroit and then Trevor Zegras. So, it's it's pretty much between Moritz Sider. Uh, Lucas Raymond and Trevor Zegras. I think it could go to any of the three. I I think it'd be cool for it to go to Cider because, you know, it's rare for a defenseman to win it. But the points he's putting up in the first-line defensive minutes he's putting up, I think, is really incredible. And I think he's going to be a Norris winner one day. But 
Lucas Raymond and Trevor Zegers have also been incredible. Hey, who won the Cotto last year? I kind of forgot about that. Who won the Cotto last year? Kaprizov, you're just trolling. No, I completely, I literally, I had a concussion, asshole. My memory's not that good. (laughs) Kaprizov is like your favorite player. I wouldn't expect you to forget that. Fuck you. I'm not. He won. He won. He won the. He won the. Uh, the Calder as like a 25 year old. Whatever. Oh, don't be one of those bullshit. people. It's bullshit. Christ. It's bullshit. Don't be one of those people. Good he Lord. played professional hockey for like five years before coming oh to the NHL. Oh my god! Don't be one of those people. Yeah, I it's will the be NHL. one of those people. It's different. You think I'm allowed if to have an If that was the opinion. case, Sam Sonoff should have stepped in and won the freaking Calder in 2019, 2020. Luka Doncic played overseas in Spain for years before coming to the NBA, and then he came to the NBA, and he's like, it's easier to score here. So it's whatever. Yeah, because but, you just you you touch somebody, you get fouled. But yeah. um yeah, well Capri Subbon last year. Um I think of your three, I kinda just think I like Cider the best. I think Cider is um he's done a lot more. He's a much more fundamentally I think he's fundamentally he's a very sound NHL player. He's great defensively, and Detroit doesn't really have a lot of great defensemen right now. He's played top guy minutes, and I think that's really important. Um he reminds me a lot of Eric Carlson a lot with how well he is offensively and how great he is defensively. He's got the, he's got that. I got that. I, I got a feeling he's going to turn into something like that. Not like as good as Carlson, but definitely what he could have done, like close to what he could do. But yeah, I got cider. The, the Red Wings are so spoiled, man. They had Nicholas Lidstrom for years and now they got more at cider. <laughs> they haven't been spoiled recently. I know but they've, the past they've had, seasons. they've had like elite defense, like franchise defensemen. And Shit. like once once Carlson's gone, who do we have? We don't have a franchise. Hey, Martin Favari, <laughs> what the hell? Martin Favari <laughs> is not a franchise defenseman like elite oh, caliber. We're not with that attitude. We had some great guys, and we had Mike Green back in the day. Yeah. Um, Brooks Orpik. No, there's Orpik. one other dude that I'm Brooks Orpik about. is generational. You who, can't who get like another the... Brooks Orpik. Matt Niskanen, baby. <laughs> No, I this was really good with us until his final year when he was just really Nate bad. Schmidt. Nate Carl Schmidt. I miss champion. I miss Carl Nate Schmidt. Olser. Carl Olsen was good. Yeah, he was good. And then he so, went uh, shit talked us and got a shit ton of money from. The hey, team. I mean to be fair, he like he associates himself with himself with the Caps now. I mean he has a podcast called All's Caps, and I mean like his profile pictures and everything are all still cap stuff. So. That's good, and we're trying yeah, to get. Have you him ever on seen his highlights day. with the Canadians? That's a trick question. You can't. There are none. Yeah, but uh, Noah, who do you have for the for the Calder? Tanner Janot. Cole Caulfield. The the, the, <laughs> uh, the what's his name? The Predators dude. Yep, Tanner Janot is my pick. Cole Caulfield. <laughs> um, I like Tanner Janot a lot. I think he's a really good player. He's playing on a team that's really kind of overperforming right now. Um, I like Tanner Janot. I mean, Cider or, you know, Raymond will probably get it, but uh, I don't know. No Zegers? No Zegers He's a fine player. I like Zegers. John Tortorella. (laughs) He's he's fun. Zegers is fun. I just think that uh, there are a few guys this year who could probably go to. Yeah. My pick right now is Tanner Janot. All right. Um, I respect that. Yeah. So, uh... This one, uh, you know, obviously it changes a lot throughout the year on who we think. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's a number of people that we could say, but uh, who are your guys' picks to win the Stanley Cup? The Caps, ride or die. Yeah, Caps. Right, ride, or, ride or die. Sure. All right, so who's, who's your actual pick? Oh, Panthers. 
I'm going with the Panthers. Colorado. Avalanche. Avalanche. I think I think it's going to be one of the three: Panthers, Colorado, or Carolina. I think I think I would you could, never predict Carolina to win. I think it. yeah, I don't think I don't think Carolina's going to win it, but I think they could. I mean, I think you could even make an argument for the the Bolts right now because of how good they've gotten lately, getting back Kucherov and Point, and obviously having an elite defenseman, an elite goaltender. You'll have to find my body in Tampa Bay if they uh, if they go three. If they go yeah. three, you will they'd have to the, call the Coast Guard to find my body. They'd be the <laughs> they'd be the first three peat since the Islanders, but um. Obviously, I don't think anyone wants to see that happen, but I think it's a possibility. It's like a tiny I, shit one. Yeah, I think Florida's a really safe pick, though. I mean, their their plus minus right now is plus fifty, which is insane. Um, that, that's awesome. That's absurd. I mean, but at the same time, Colorado's is plus forty seven, and Carolina's is plus forty five. Obviously, that's not everything, but you know, Colorado is third in the league in, in points standings right now, and they have a few games in hand on the top two, which is Florida and Tampa Bay. But if I had to make a safe pick, I think I'd go with Florida. But I think it's definitely doable for Colorado or Carolina. And, I, I mean, I think even the Rangers have a shot. I don't want that to happen, but I think it's possible. But I don't think, I don't think they're going to win a Stanley Cup solely on – Chesterkin's back, but I, I think it'll go to a more well-rounded team like Florida or Colorado. But I mean, I think literally any team from the Eastern Conference could win. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's out of the question. My actual pick is gonna. My actual pick is gonna be Vegas. Vegas is gonna be my actual. Pick. All right, Noah. It was nice having you on today. Yeah, get off. <laughs> We're gonna ask you to go. I would love it for it to be Colorado. I'd love for it to be Washington, obviously, but uh, Vegas is just. Just wait till they get Eichel. And... Yeah, that's yeah, really that's Eichel really is... scary. They're I don't want to see that. Uh, I, th- well, I, Kucherov, think... I don't think it's the same. Kucherov had playoff experience. Eichel hasn't played a single minute of playoff hockey. I think it'll be interesting. He's still in a lock player. Like, it's hockey. He's They're also player. missing Pacioretty and Mark Stone. Like, Stone's back. Coming? He came back already. Oh, is he back? Mm-hmm. I think Pacioretty's back, too. I think known the only person Ve- left is Known Vegas Knights fan. Known Vegas Knights fan, Joey. Shut up, man. I just I follow hockey. I got nothing better to do. I've been stuck in a goddamn room in the dark for like three weeks. This is ass. But yeah, once they get once they're like fully healthy again, then that's gonna be a crazy team. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to everyone's favorite part of the show. <laughs> this week it will be going to our special guest Noah. Um take it away whenever you're ready. <clears throat> Jeez. <laughs> Cheers to 2022 and resolutions you can actually keep up. How about having clean and shiny balls all year round? Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to save your balls this year and make the ball drop into 2022 the cleanest and sexiest ever. (laughs) Set your first New Year's resolution with good intentions and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code PHP for 20% off plus free shipping. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHB at manscaped.com and smooth out those balls. It's bullshit we can't see your face right now because that would have made it so much more, more, more fun. <laughs> just use just use my Manscaped chapstick. It's not for your balls. It's for your lips. I know, common, common misunderstanding. Totally didn't put it on my balls or anything. That's a joke. 
But um. Yo, this is for your balls, though. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, go use our code. Go use code PHP at manscaped.com. Support your boys. Oh, whose mic is dying? That was awful. All right. Um, so we got a couple more things about the caps to talk about, and then we'll wrap things up. But what would you guys say has been the Capitals' biggest success this year? Definitely the power play. It's just been amazing. <laughs> Yeah, and ironically, I, it's the it's the defensive overhaul. The defense is it got a total facelift in the offseason. Everybody looks better, and and it it's miles better than last year. It's incredible. The rookies. Yeah, I'd say how well they did just with an AHL team in the beginning of the year. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say our depth, like good rookies basically. I think but, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you guys on the depth being a high point. You know, considering how many people we worked into the lineup and out of it so many times, so many different combinations in the lines so many different people getting high minutes so many people getting low minutes up and down and stuff so that's definitely been impressive being at the standings that we're in right now all things considered but for mine i'm just gonna say the success of ovechkin and kuznetsov um i think you know obviously every year going into the season as caps fans we have high expectations for ovechkin and hope for good things to come but i think just the fact that he's leading our league in scoring right now like i've said as a 36 year old is just mind-boggling and very happy for me if he wins another heart and a rocket award that'll like that'll just be very happy for me you know and everyone else and uh just kuznetsov's revenge tour and bounce back season he's been having has been amazing to see and amazing to watch so hopefully that'll bring for more good things to come yeah on one hand, it is very nice. On the other hand, I kind of think this should be the status quo for Kuznetsov for what he he can do. I'm not pissed off that like he's doing it and like oh this should be all we got. I'm just saying like let's make this the status quo. I want to see seasons like this for the next few years for Kuznetsov because if this is the kind of Kuznetsov we're getting with everybody healthy when we get like Mantha, Oshi, the whole defense back, like this is going to be a very scary forward core and offense to to face off against because when they're fully healthy with all the weapons they have, that shit's going to be tough to beat. I don't think there's very many offensive cores that can let alone rival it, then beat it. I mean, Tampa probably, but, I mean, fuck Tampa Bay. Yeah. We own them. So uh, that'll bring us to our biggest struggle this year. Um, I think the big two, or the big one, is definitely our power play. The power play, the power I play. I said enough I feel like that's, I feel like that's that, yeah, we can't say that play. enough. Blaine Forsythe has got to go. We have the number one power play player of all time on our team. And we somehow can go three straight power plays in a row without a single shot on target. That's really, really pisses me off. But, uh, yeah, that's just upsetting. And I think there's a big issue with the strategy that we use going into the power play. Like Will said earlier, you know, Tom Wilson shouldn't be in the spot that he is on the power play handling the puck. He's not a puck handler. That's not his forte. Um... Connor McMichael should be getting minutes on the power play. He led Hershey in power play points when he was on the power play there, and they used the same power play system as us. So that doesn't make much sense to me. Um, you know, there's just there's just questionable decisions with our power play, and it's obviously not working very well, so things need to change there. But goaltending has also been an issue. I mean, we haven't had stellar goaltending performances consistently at all this year, so... I don't think we can win a cup with the goaltending tandem we have right now, as much as that hurts to say. But, yeah. 
anybody else has anything else. Staying I, healthy. That's yeah. I was about to say yeah, if we can stop too. getting everybody injured every five minutes. That'd be awesome because we had to start Justin Schultz on the top pairing of defense yesterday. That wasn't fun to watch. COVID's um, also been a bitch. That's also been a struggle. COVID. I think COVID. Everybody's dealing with that. That's just kind of something we can't control at this point. We can do our best. No, but yeah, I know. Um, obviously, um, it's just been a bitch. <laughs> I think. I think power play. I think goaltending. Uh, one more thing. And this is a personal preference. I'd very much like for them to just stop making like bullshittery lines. Like put the fourth line back together. It worked. Hathaway, Haglin, and Dowd is a good line. Whether or not Hathaway can score is no longer a question. He can't. But at least they can play well together. I think McMichael, uh, Eller, and I guess when Oshi comes back is going to work very well. That's a great like kind of third line grind it or third line just like bust it and score. They're all three penalty killers. I think once you once you get everybody back healthy, I've tweeted about this before. I think, I think Protus has earned a spot on the second line with Wilson and Backstrom. I think he has. I don't think there's a part of me that's like, nah, throw him back in Hershey. No, this kid is definitely an NHL player. And You're I putting think, Protus on the second line over Oshie? Yeah, I am. Uh, I mean, sorry, no, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, Oshie's been injured a lot this year, and when he's been injured. Uh, Protus has been doing a lot of the heavy lifting on that second line. And I got to be honest with you, I'm very impressed how he's played. He's had some very important goals. He's had some very great games. He's really never been an issue. I think if you want to, you can put uh, you can put um, put Mantha on the top line. I think Mantha should be on the top line. I don't think – no. What Do you think – I was going to ask you, do you think that too? Because you are another person who's a Mantha believer. And yes. I think he could work very well on the top line. Put him, Oshie, and Kuznetsov. That could just be the utter like – horse line that just starts like scoring every goal imaginable that would be sick he should be on the power play too but that's a i guess that's a discussion for another time yeah yeah jinx um so like we said goaltending has been a a topic of concern but uh if there was someone reasonable that you guys think we could go after on the trade deadline who would it be don't say all right me. Don't time, to, time to crack open this can of worms right here. Okay. Um, some of you may not know this. I I grew up a huge Braden Holby fan. He's the reason why I became a goalie in the first place. Uh, they should not make that move. They shouldn't do it. Uh, it's nothing against Holby, but they just should not. They shouldn't do it. To me, it's a step back rather than a step forward. Uh Hope he's having a good year with Dallas, but ever since 14-15, you look at his numbers, he's been on a steady decline. It didn't end well in Washington. If you remember that series against Carolina, it didn't end well. <sighs> there was another one, too. Who did? Oh, the Islanders one. Sorry, I forgot about the bubble. Uh, the one in the bubble especially didn't go well. I think it's just best to just let that – let sleeping dogs lie. I think – now, everybody wants Flurry to come to D.C., and I think that that's – to me, that's the move that makes the most sense if you can make it work cap-wise, whether that be a third team or whatever. Chicago's probably not going to make the playoffs. They're not good enough to. Uh, there's just a lot more other good teams in the West that deserve to make the playoffs over them, so they probably will look to trade Flurry at the deadline. Since they got him for nothing, they can probably – they'd probably be okay with turning him into a second or third-round pick or – you know, maybe like two second round picks there, something like that, but nothing completely unreasonable. 
So I think they should go get Flurry. I saw somebody else earlier today say that they should get James Reimer. Reimer's having a good season in San Jose. The only issue with that is San Jose is currently in a wild card spot, and I don't know if they'd be willing to necessarily give him up, uh, especially when they're fighting for a playoff spot. So I think Flurry would probably be – if any team is going to go get a goalie at the trade deadline, the biggest name is obviously going to be Flurry, first and foremost. I, I would like Flurry just because I think he's still good enough, has a year or two left in him to be an elite goalie for us. But I also want Flurry for the comedic value. Yeah, it's I, funny. Like, yeah, I want to. It would be so fucking funny like, to watch to watch the entire like city of Pittsburgh and the entire Penguins fan base just shit their pants. Oh, and, it's like, full circle. It it's would be hilarious. Circle. You know, I wish we got to see Lundqvist every time. Man, about yeah. imagine, you know, imagine like, that is what's frustrating about last year is the whole goaltending injury situation. Yeah, probably if cost we had a the king, it would have been fine. Lundqvist can you imagine? Can you imagine if? Different. Imagine if we played Pittsburgh in a playoff series this year with Flurry as our starting goaltender. They're gonna trade for Holby and just get this payback. They're gonna trade for Holby. I'm fine with that. We'll shell <laughs> them. We'll just shell like, them. They'll just be like, we got yeah, your fucking That's a ter- that would be terrible move on the Penguins. That would no, be because the Smiths kind of play like shit, and they could really use a backup goaltender. I'm not gonna lie. I think the Smith. I think bringing Holby for Pittsburgh wouldn't be a terrible. They're move, not gonna but... give up their depth for a backup goaltender. Well, shit, yay! Look at us. We got two backups starting in our fucking roster right now. We don't have much. Yeah, but choice. they have a solidified starter. So they're not going to give away assets for someone who's not going to be getting half. Of I the just start. think I think I think Flurry's a name definitely. I've heard Reimer. No. Um, yeah, from Noah two minutes ago. Yeah. No, I've I've heard. Him <laughs> that, man. Shut up, dude. God damn it! Like, but there's another name that's a little bit interesting. Chester can get him. No, not can I just fucking say the name? God damn it! I'm about to mute you myself. Um, it's. It's actually Jonas Corposalo in Columbus. No. I think he's nope. a possible guy that could be brought in. Um, I don't know what his current cap situation is, but I know he's not making as much as Flurry. He's also young and could possibly be brought in as like a sort of solution because he does have playoff experience. He played in the bubble, and he played really well in the bubble, I'm pretty sure. He was the one that was part of that like insane five-overtime game against the Lightning forward core, which, by the way, is probably one of the best forward cores in all of the NHL. I think he definitely would be really good. I think behind this defense, any goaltender of his caliber or above is going to be significantly amazing because they won't face a lot of high danger chances. And as long as they can handle the few that come their way, we'll be fine. Like I said, though, we are a team that's not really built around, oh, we need a goaltender. We need like goaltenders to save us. We just need a goaltender to not suck. Our forward core, our defensive core is, is incredible. As long as they're healthy, playing well enough we've got what we need to win the cup we just need a goaltender not go back there and let off the like stupidest goals ever i have some unfortunate news for your take corpus all has been terrible yeah unfortunately for that take uh his gsaa this year which is probably the best stat for you know analyzing goaltenders is negative 13.1 which is significantly worse than both samsonov and vtech combined times two yeah, he's what's bad. flurries? What's flurries? <laughs> flurries is... probably bad because he's on Chicago. He's getting like so. So you want to then thousand the thing about shots Chicago's defense is terror is 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 at least Corpus is somewhat sucks, decent. Bro. Dude, like, fucking pretty... dude, Columbus's defense is ass. <laughs> they got Marc-Andre Flurry has a positive GSAA this year. Of get him. Go get him. Go get him. I think, I think, I think, Flurry, both, 
I'm not talking because apparently my concussion made me stupid with my hockey takes. So I think I'm done both talking. Both and Samsonov are still slightly under negative. Go get go get Flurry. I've heard enough. So who would who would we have to give up though for that? Because I mean, Probably just picks. But Capital. like, what, what about the cap space? Would we we wouldn't have the cap space? I mean, space, couldn't you we? get him? Couldn't we you could get him at like fifty percent retained, like one fourth, or, or like, saw, a, like the name? last fourth the guy, of the season? You could get him for like one point five million on the, the, on the, pers- on the, the hit, right? Mm, so sorry again. The point is, we have there's someone we've had on our show before. I think it's Blake, um, Stack Guy Blake. He he brought up like a package that actually doesn't look too bad. It's I think Alexiev. Um, it was Alexiev and like Sprong and Haglin or something. Sprong, like, and like Haglin, a bunch of picks. and then a first, and then I think like a second round pick for like fifty percent retained. I don't um, think you need to give up that much. What you that's say? That's a lot. That's a lot. I don't think you need to give up that much. I think a, a pick in one of these left hand defensemen that you have jamming your system uh, would probably do it. Probably a, a high enough pick, like a second round pick, and then a left handed well, defenseman. Second round pick. We don't need that shit. So and then, if we if we trade for Flurry, what are we doing with one of our are two guys in the tandem right now. Um, Back to the you probably squad. send them to Chicago in yeah, that package. Yeah, that's yeah, probably, yeah, you probably you know do send one. You probably do send one. And I would imagine who is it? Who is I would it? imagine they send Samsonov. And the reason why I say that is because they spent a second round pick to get VTech back from Seattle. So I would I mean that's just poor asset management to waste a second round pick. I mean it's not really wasting them because I think they had three um, after the Dylan trade, and they sent one to get Vanacek back, but I think they would rather not kind of throw that away since they spent that second round pick on him. They would probably send Samson off. But that's that's not me saying what I want to happen. That's just me saying what I think probably makes the most sense. I mean, but the, they protected Sammy in the first place over Vanacek, so at exactly. that time they did value him it's more. I don't know where they would stand because... now, to be honest. Like, I don't know if you were to hold a gun to Laviolette's head and say one of your goaltenders is going to Chicago tomorrow. Who's I think be? they personally would take Samson off because the upside is there. They don't know. We I, don't yeah, entirely like... know Vanacek's upside truthfully yet. If, if Seattle didn't, if Seattle didn't have a completely inept expansion draft, then. We wouldn't be here in the first place. They would probably still have VTech in Seattle, and the Capitals would have Copley or Fukali backing up Samsonov. But here we are, and now they have to make a choice. You, if they do you think maybe we can give up Fukali? No. 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 Nah. No. They're gonna want a guy who, who's shown like can yeah. back up in the NHL, and both of our goalies have shown like you would be very happy with either of them as your backup. You know. Yep. Who's who's so. Chicago's backup? Delia? No. Was it? It's Delia. I was what I was gonna say also is like when you talk about these trade packages, nobody who's a rebuilding team wants Carl Hagelin. So if you're gonna try to get well, rid of Carl I mean, Hagelin's contract, you're going to have to throw a pick there. Their backup is Kevin Lankinen. Yeah. Lankinen. Wait, isn't he decent? He's not bad. Well, then, then I bring up maybe there's there's the, if you want to get rid of a contract that like isn't nah, I want to bring that up. You you're gonna say it. Schultz. No, I'm not gonna say Schultz. Oh. I'm gonna say Eller, but you know. Um, no. <laughs> I think I think the package that Blake brought up is pretty good because it probably at least it convinces. Like, I like Alexiev and I want him to be here, but I feel like with how much of a log jam we currently have on defense, considering like how good everybody is, like there's a there, I think there's a strong chance we're bringing back Schultz next year. There's a strong chance just because he's played so well and he's like consistent in the sense that he isn't like getting injured or COVID every like three weeks or something. So um, I think if you could package him, uh, maybe 
like in like a, a, a dark timeline they they want more and maybe we have to sacrifice like ajf for it but nah like not cool with that well i mean i want him in the nhl right now i want ajf in the nhl right now get rid of Haglin. put ajf you could also lineup. see if like like leeson maybe convinces it or at leeson as one of the like sweeteners for it because i mean it's it's gonna it's gonna be a combination of, of Alexiev, Leeson, Protus, or AJF is gonna make the trade happen. I don't think Protus is happening because he's become an established part of the roster. I don't think AJF. Are you is talking happening. about for Flurry? Yeah. No, I, I no, it's not gonna cost that much. They got him for literally nothing. Anything that they can get for Flurry is gonna is gonna be better than, than yeah. losing him for free in the offseason. I think. It, the most that you're going to have to give up is going to be whatever gets them to take 50% salary. I think the issue is that you're going to have a potential bidding war because there are other teams that are going to want Flurry. I mean, I know Edmonton is, looks really bad right now, but they're, they're a name that I've seen brought up a lot when you talk about Moff. Um, I'd have to like think, like I, I think Boston, for example, they would love to, they would love to grab Flurry for, for cheap if he's available. So it's not necessarily what the Blackhawks are willing to give up. I think you could have a situation where come the deadline, you've got three or four teams that are like, we really want Marc-Andre Fleury. I think Edmonton, if they're close to the playoffs, will definitely be talking. I think Boston is a team that could come asking. I think Washington is a team that's definitely going to be asking. Um, so, you know, you look at these teams that need a goalie, and I feel like there could be a few bidding for him. I don't think he's actually worth that much to Chicago. But it's not about what he's worth to Chicago. It's about what he's worth to Boston or to Edmonton or to Washington. Or uh, I'd have to look at the Western Conference, but you know maybe the Minnesota Wild would like to to grab a Mark Andre Fleury type goalie. Um, so I don't think it's it's as simple as you know what the Blackhawks want for him. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, so. Is there anything else you guys have to say on that topic? No, I'm good. All no, right. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Nah. Yeah, I, I'd love to see Flurry in a Caps uniform. That would be awesome. So, this past week, like I said before, we somehow managed to get two overtime wins, but couldn't get a single overtime win in the season up until this point. So that's cool. Uh, Tuesday, we won at home against the Jets 4-3 to three in overtime. Thursday, we lost to the Bruins, who lately own us, uh, 4-3. And then Saturday, we won in overtime against the Sens, 3-2. So that's nice, seeing some overtime wins for us. But uh, I guess we can go. So Jake had to go. He has an interview. But for the four of us, we can pick one player that we liked and one we didn't like and then wrap things up. Uh, My pick for like is Nick Backstrom solely because of the goal yesterday. That was just quite – it was an incredible goal from him pickpocketing the defender to get the puck in the first place and then his composure just to sit there for six minutes and make his move to the backhand and then just perfectly wait to the right time to flip it back. Just top cheese, top left. It was was beautiful. So that was awesome. But, uh, yeah, you guys can go. Uh, I'm just going to say Ovechkin is the player I liked. He scored four goals in the last four games. He has a point in the game that he didn't score a goal. I, I mean, I love to take him for granted because he's the greatest goal scorer of our generation, but he's been amazing, and I need to give him credit for that. Yeah, I'm going to uh, go with 
I'm actually whatever, whatever happened to letting our guest go first? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just one of the boys at this point. He's my guest. Um, I think uh, Favari. I love Favari. He's been playing so amazing. Um, he's been such a great like asset. The fact that he was committed to being a part of this roster before the season, and he's 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 an NHL defenseman. There's no doubt in my mind. There's no more of this like oh he's got this. No, he's developed his game. Um, or I really, really, really hope at some point they try him out on the power play. I really do. I think he could do some interesting stuff with his speed and his really underrated shot. It's really good. So, yeah, Martin Favari. No, it's your turn, buddy. Oh, it's my turn? Yep. Uh, oof. Koozie. Cooper, Cooper Cup, holy gotta, shit. Gotta go, Koozie. That's a good pick. Cooper Cup, man. Oh, my God. Oh, come on. You were giving Jake shit I know. Earlier. I'm I sorry. I'm sorry. That's I'm sorry. Fucked up. That's fucked up. That's I'm fucked sorry. up. That's really right. fucked up. Bro. All right. Um... I wanted to say something because I just saw that shit, bro. That's actually crazy. I'm sorry. I just really like Cooper Cup. So that's... Right, nah, um, nah, nah. You owe Jake a written apology, I'll shut up. Bro. I'll, 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 no, I'll, let's sorry, watch this Jake. field goal. Let's see what happens. This but, game um, choke? All right. So... Uh, Let's let's go back. So who's our who's our person we didn't like this past week? You can go first, Noah. <laughs> oh, um, didn't like Chalowski. I'm kind of tired of seeing him in a Capitals jersey. It's a fair pick. Uh, who do you guys have? Because I, I don't know. I'll take uh, Michael Kemney. He just did not play well in both the games. I, I literally, being at the arena yesterday, I got to watch him get fucking run down uh, like by like a bunch of 12-year-olds on offense. It was crazy. Like, he just, I think he needs to be back in the taxi squad or Hershey. He's not a defenseman on this team right now. He's not capable of it right now. Because of the injuries he's playing, but like I think once everybody's healthy, he's, he's the one that goes down. Yeah, get fucked, Tom Brady. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. My my pick. Uh, I don't. I don't know. You can go, Will. Who who I didn't like, or Noah? Yeah, who you didn't like? I uh, I'm gonna go like either Irwin or Chalosky. I guess I can't steal Chalosky, so I'll go Irwin. Eh. He's just—he was bad against the Senators. I didn't get to watch that whole game, but I—I'm I, pretty sure both the goals we gave up were when, when that pair was on the ice, stuff like that. I mean, it just can't be happening. Yeah. Um. I don't know who I who I want. I'm not gonna um, lie. We've all stopped paying attention to this podcast. Yeah, the game really got stopped. so interesting. We all, <laughs> we all just we all just uh, got sidetracked from Tom Brady getting getting shit on but um yep it's a fun time tom brady's the goat so no disrespect but it's nice to see him lose um person i didn't like like chaloski's probably like my pick but you know Noah took him so i'm not gonna say him but uh like i guess you could say goalies but you know eh. um i'm gonna say peter laviolette <laughs> as my pick uh Damn. I want I want our rookies like McMichael and Protus getting more minutes. Neither of them had a shot against uh, the Senators, so that's on them to take shots when they get their chances. But I want them to get more time. I want Connor McMichael on the power play. 
et cetera, et cetera. But that's everything. So thank you for coming on today, Noah. Um, I Thanks for you, having me. I hope you get your Nick Dowd um, <laughs> at some point. Bro, God, <laughs> Lord. But uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, see you next week. We have a nice guest lined up. So we'll see you then. Yep. Take care, everybody. Each Good and night.